all things automotive with the petrol head, Nico Smith. He's on the couch with a cup of coffee, I'm assuming. Nico, is that correct? Hello, Michelle. This show is almost a disaster this morning. I think you don't even know what chaos would have happened because loaching was was stretched past the time, so I almost didn't have my coffee. And you know what a disaster that is if I haven't had a coffee. Yeah, if Nico hasn't had his coffee. I just made the coffee. I just made the coffee in time, so I'm at home on the couch with the coffee. So so, so how long did load shedding last for? No, I think it went, let's say, about... 20 past 8, so it was longer than the 8 o'clock. It, was, it started a bit later, and then it went way, it was supposed to be between 6 and 8, and it went later. And I thought, this show's not going to work if I don't have coffee. <laughs> <laughs> so luckily, luckily, I got the coffee in, so we're good to go. Oh, I'm completely... Well, let's see, let's see now, let's see if I... Okay, ever, well... I shouldn't talk too quick. Let's, yeah, let's, let's, get, let's get some of the questions out. Hmm. Morning, Michelle and Petrolhead. Will the Ford Figo, with the Ford Figo going out of production... Would it be better to sell my 2014 Figo and get another car? Will it lose um, value and and will it lose? It's just the way <coughs> this ends. Will it lose that? Well, I, you know, I, the best car, I think, is one that's paid off. That's number one, I think, is, is, is a good philosophy. But there's also a problem with cars. Cars aren't like red wine. They don't get better over time. If I look at my car, my car is a 2013 model. Yeah. And I, I, I constantly now have things that I have to fix with the car. There's things that are, there's nothing wrong with the car, but there's just things that people be breaking on the car because yeah. with age, things need to be replaced. Um, so um, being a Ford number one, Ford is in South Africa. It's not a company that's going to leave. They have a production um, facility in South Africa. In other words, the parts are always going to be available. Um, and, and with a figure, I wouldn't sell the car because I think you'd always get parts and the parts would always be at a good price. So, um, you know, I, I wouldn't sell the car just uh, and worry about the, the fact that the car will lose value. Cars at a certain age is going to have a certain value. Whether, whether they don't make that car or whether they make that car or not anymore, it, it's going to be determined on how popular the car was. Yeah. That, that has a, a big factor and how many are made. And those are the, if you look at any value of a secondhand car, it's determined by supply and demand. In other words, how many are there around and how many do people want? So let's say there's only 10 cars, and it's an extremely popular car. Everybody wants it. Yeah. And the value of that car goes up. If there's 7,000 of those cars and people don't really want them, then the value goes down. So that, that has an effect on, on the car. And then there's certain cars that are very popular because everybody drives them and they go in and out of, of, of the second-hand car lots. Um, so um, those are the factors that determine the value of your car. Um, and and that so so that has an effect. You can see it on new cars currently. There's certain new cars that there's very few made. So if a performance car comes in, suddenly you can ask a premium on that car. You can literally buy it, sell it the next day for two or three hundred thousand and more. Two examples would be an M4 series L. There's very few of those made, or an Audi RS3. Um, there's very few currently available. So both those cars currently people are asking a few hundred thousand above the the price. They buy them and they and they sell them. At a, at a premium. So those all, all have an effect on the second-hand value of your car. So, Nico, um, given that we know, we, you know we've had a rough 2022, we're mm. going into 2023, I was reading something about the fact that the second-hand market is, is probably going to start revving up a bit and getting quite exciting with regards to how people buy cars. Do you think this is going to be the case? It's actually sort of the other way around. Oh, then now. I read the wrong thing. 
No. So, well, so what's happening is um, if you go back in 2022 yeah. um, and, and starting actually the year before, because of the semiconductor shortage, that little brain, semiconductors are little market chips, little brains in a car that control electronics. And there was a worldwide shortage. And that meant that the car manufacturers couldn't build enough cars for the demand. Um, so that meant that uh, if you went to a dealership, there weren't a lot of new cars around, and that affected the second-hand car market. In other words, suddenly what happened is that um, actually, you know, so starting from 2021, the, the second-hand market climbed. People were paying more for the second-hand cars than they normally would. In other words, they were normally they would say, okay, trade. Trade is what a dealership would give you for the car, and retail is what they would sell it for. And what, what happened is they were starting to pay retail for some of the cars and then charging a premium on that to sell the car because there weren't a lot of new cars around, which means your second-hand cars had a, lot, a strong value. And then um, the market is probably now starting to turn on the second, or it has turned on the second-hand car market. So what's happened is more new cars are available in dealerships, and that means that they are paying less. For, they're still paying quite strong for second-hand cars, but they're paying less than they would have paid in, let's say, February, March, April, May. Then they were really paying strong, um, even up to June, July. Now it's sort of, I think it's turning, so it's slowly going down now. They're still paying strong, but they're paying, they're not, in other words, I think that market is slowly, it's got a Okay, so I wasn't, I wasn't actually reading it wrong. I mean, basically, mm -hmm. what, um, the, the second-hand market is, is, is still one of a boom, but it's not like exactly. overly priced. Give what which it yeah, was earlier exactly on. the second market is still strong yeah um, and it's in other words it's still a good time um if you can get a good premium on your car and especially because what happens is uh, people will pay more for the second-hand car but the new car prices are going to be fairly consistent so yeah if you get a good second-hand value for your car another one would be land cruiser 300 um those things that's that big land cruiser the new version of that there's really there's a high demand and not a lot of them so people are paying high premiums for them i recently spoke to somebody that said um, their, their brother-in-law wants a, land, a diesel version. He can only get a petrol. So what he's doing is he's buying the petrol, driving it, and he knows he's going to sell it for a premium when it's time when the diesel arrives at his order. Okay. Nico, one of the questions that came up this week was, and I'm just trying to find the thing, and I think I did pass it on to you. F1 Academy, apparently Formula One has started a new academy all-female racing series. Well, there is, a, there is what they call the W Series. So the W Series is a, uh, uh, only uh, female racing drivers, and they normally represent um, uh, by country. So we had Tess Tasman Pepper driving that series. Um, um, and so, in other words, that is a series where it's only female racing drivers. Um, but it's not, you know, the, if you look at the popular racing series worldwide, it's Formula One, it's DTM, it's Lamar, it's NASCAR. So the series is not worldwide as popular as the Formula One series. And, of course, the Formula One teams are trying their best to get women drivers into the teams. I think for, for any team, that would be um, a big bonus if they can get a, a, a female racing driver in the team. But as we said last week, so far, it hasn't yet succeeded where um, they've had somebody that is competitive enough to get into that. But they definitely feed a series. And as, as we said last week, there's some fantastic... No, but this is drivers. a new announcement. It was announced really? yesterday. Yesterday, Formula yesterday. One announces the F1 Academy, a new all-female mm. driver series for 2023. So it's going to be there to develop and prepare young females. It's going to include oh. the W Series, Formula One, Formula Two, and Formula Three. 
and it's going to consist of five teams. I've just looked this up, run mm-hmm. by the current F2 and F3. This is very exciting, I think. Yes, uh, no, definitely. Um, um, and I think, for, you know, Formula One is always looking for, for new talent. Yeah. Um, and they're always looking for, for the best drivers. But as we also said last week, it's all about money, unfortunately, at the end of the day. To get to Formula One, money is the thing that gets you there. Talent, uh, you, there's a certain level of talent that all these drivers have. And then money gets you to the top. And there's some drivers, I think, in Formula One that aren't that talented that money's gotten them there. I but that's I, a whole different story. I think I'm going to, like, start watching this. They say the first season will comprise of seven events with three races each, mm-hmm. which is seven, which is um, 21 races. And then they're going to have, um, that's going to be released, the 2023 calendar. I think we should be watching it. And I think we should be putting our money on certain women. Okay, well let's let's start let's do that next year and see and and, and pick our 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 drivers and, and let's see how that goes. Absolutely, Nico. What's uh, been uh, catching your eye? What's on your radar at the moment? Okay, so um, the first thing I had is somebody asked. Um, I, I was talking to somebody and they said, um, "Let me just pick this. What is the best tire to buy?" So in other words, they're looking. They um, have a Pajero and they're looking to buy new tires at, um, yeah. at sixty thousand kilometers. And to be honest, when I buy tires, I look for the ones that are the the one the, the tires that are on special. <laughs> so um, <laughs> I'm serious. So you know, that's honestly at the end of the day what 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 I would do. I, yeah. I, I've had the, the I've driven with lots of driving different driving academies, and they were sponsored by different tire brands. Um, and so it was Continental Offroad Academy, uh, and then when it was out of drive experience, it was with Continental. Then with Mercedes Benz, they had. Um, uh, uh, no, I forget now. Um, Michelin and yeah. um, BMW had Bridgestone, and I've driven with Volkswagen where they've had good here. And I've had different types of tires. I've had Conti's on my car, I've had um, Bridgestones on my car, I've had Goodyear's, I've had Michelin's. So, if I'm honest, when I normally go buy tires, I shop around and I look for what they have as a special on my car's tire size. Um, because I, I, it's good to be loyal to a brand, and, and people are that. And I've had I've seen that the tires are really good, but at the end of the day, it's also about you know your pocket. And you've got if you've got to replace four tires, that can be quite an expensive exercise. So I I I, I don't what I don't buy is brands I don't know. Yeah. So if I don't know the name, um, I'm a bit hesitant to buy the brand. Um, but these tires as well before that, you know, I would look at Hankook tires. Like, what the heck is this Hankook stuff? You know, I'm, I'm not going to buy it. And then the, the, the major manufacturers start putting hand cooks on their carts. So um, now What's a hand cook? That's a type of, that's a brand. And like how do you bread. spell that? Uh, ooh, you're asking the wrong guy. H-A-N-K-O-O-K, I think. I, I can't spell in my mind, so I've got to write it down. Um, I wouldn't make a spinning bead. What's those spinning competitions? Um, um, I wouldn't make that. But if hand cook is the name of the tire, yeah. you can just search, you'll find it on the internet, and that's like Continental or Bridgestone, and that's a very good make because the car manufacturers are putting them on their tires. So um, when you, of course, buying a tire, you've got to look at saying that the important things is the exact same sizes, and then the speed rating and the load rating needs to be the same. So the speed rating is the car's limited at, or to a maximum speed. You might not drive that speed, but those are the, uh, that, and then the load rating, which says, What's the maximum weight that tire can carry? Um, because let's say you have a bucky, it's important that if you're loading that bucky all the time, you have the right load rating because um, uh, the, let's say the load rating of the tire is 400 kilo, uh, 500 kilograms, you times that by four, that's the maximum weight, two tons, that that vehicle could carry. If the vehicle weighs one and a half, you can't put more than half a ton on the car because that's going to affect how the 
that tire works. So those are the important things. And then um, there's other things. If you have an electric car, electric cars now have specific tires for electric cars because um, there's a lot of road noise. So you want the tires to be quiet. So there's actually specific electric car tires. Um, so those are all effects as well on what makes your decision to buy a car. But again, simply, I would go into a tire place and buy the tire that, that suits my pocket, um, but still a good name. And that's why I've had actually different tires on the car. Nico, a question for you. Um, can one just buy one new tire? And if you do, what are you required to do with your the rest of the tires? Uh, you. So what happens is... Um, if you look at a tire, a brand new tire, um, you're going to say, uh, and you measure that circumference, it has a certain circumference, but as the tire is driving, it, it actually takes rubber away. So the yeah. rubber wears away. So if you take the tire just before it needs to be replaced and you measure that tire again, you're going to get different circumference. So that means if you put a brand new tire on the right and an old tire on the left, a car, every car has a differential on the driven wheels. In other words, they say it's fungal dust, you have a differential. But the problem with the differential is... What does a differential mean? So differential, if you go around the corner, um, your inside wheel always follows a short path and the outside wheel follows a long path. So if you look at a, you know, let's say it's a dirt road and you look at a car going around the corner and you measure that, the inside wheel has followed a shorter path and the outside wheel has followed a longer path, which means the outside wheel has turned a lot more than the inside wheel. So to allow that, that's what a differential is. So the, Mm. the torque from the engine goes into the differential and then it goes to the left and right wheels. So the differential simply allows you to go around corners with a car. Um, so the, that's the function of a differential. But then the, the negative of a differential is the power, power we say is a coward or the torque, it looks for the path of least resistance. So if one wheel has a different circumference than the other and the, the conditions are slippery or you just give it too much power, that wheel that has a, a less uh, tread on it is more likely to slip and spin so the torque can slip out there. Plus, also, that um, another problem that you have is if you have a lot of tread on one tire and not a lot of tread on the, um, the, the, let's say, a lot of tread on the right, not a lot of tread on the left, that's also going to be a problem with traction when it rains because you're going to have lots of displacement of water on the one wheel, but not a lot on the left. On, let's say on the right wheel is going to displace a lot of water, yeah. the left wheel is not. So that can also cause instability problems. So basically, you can't really replace one tire if you've had a lot of tread on the one side and very little on the other side, then it's actually a better idea to replace both. If they're very similar, not so much of an issue, but if there's a big difference, unfortunately, for stability reasons, it's a better idea to replace both. Um, And that's going to cost you money. But then what you could do is look at your spare wheel and say, okay, maybe it's time to rotate the spare wheel. So if you have a brand new spare wheel and it's a full size, put that on the one wheel, put that on the opposite wheel and take the best wheel out of the ones that you have and make that the spare wheel, the one that has some tread. Okay, we've got a question here for you. Let's uh, go to it. Morning, Michelle. Morning, Nico. Hey, Nico, please tell me, if, I don't know if you can confirm if this is true or not. Is it true that an insurance house can refuse your claim because you had an accident when you had the kind of tire that the car didn't come with? Like maybe you bought a BMW, it came out with a Michelin, but then you replaced it with a Dunlop because Michelin is too expensive. And then you write your car off, they see that you didn't have the kind of tire that the car came with, and then they refuse to pay your claim. Is that true? Thank you, Tabo here. Hmm. Hey, Tabo, what a great question. So, um, Michelle, I, as long as they won't not pay your claim 
if it um, isn't the well, again, I don't know exactly how every um, insur- um, um, insurance company works, but what they're going to look at is they're going to look at the tread on your tire uh, as a start. So if your tire has you no know, tread and you've had an accident, that could be a reason why they don't pay the claim because they can say, listen, but the tires are dangerous because that you should have replaced them. Um, what they can't really do is if your tire spec is a 225, 45, 16. A 91W, and you've got exactly that, and you had a Bridgestone before, but the car now is Michelin. They, they, they have no, rec- they, they, there's no reason why they should um, not pay out that claim because you've, you've had the tires that are all within the spec of that car. In other words, as long as it's um, the same spec that is required by the car, they, there's no reason why you have a Michelin and then you put a Conti or a Bridgestone on. They should, they'll still pay that insurance. I don't see that reason. But if the tires are worn, they, I've heard of instances like this where they then don't pay out the claim because the tires are worn, which they say is dangerous, and that could have caused the accident. Do people ever put uh, tires with different specs um, on it? Um, you, 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 as long as the two tires on the same axle are the same, that's okay. So in theory, you could have two Contis in the front and two Bridgestones in the back. I wouldn't do that, but, but you could. But again, you've got to make sure that the spec is the same. Yeah. Um, but, but, you know, ideally for stability reasons, I would put the same four tires everywhere um, because um, if you have different tires in the front that displace water in a different way than the ones in the back, that's again going to make the car insta- unstable. Even if you have stability control, um, you're going to have to, you know, that's, it's not a good idea. So in my mind or my opinion, I would have the four, t- four same tires. Yeah. Um, but if you're replacing and you're only replacing two, then there's, there's different um, people would say, well, put the two, two new ones at the back because the car is more likely to understeer. Or people say, well, if it's front wheel drive, put the two new ones in the front because that's where you are driving. Um, so, uh, again, they actually can be, we can have a long conversation with this, but replace the tires when it's time to replace them and have the full, same four tires on the car. That's the ideal situation. As ideally as possible. Okay, Naran has uh, asked a really interesting question. Naran is saying, um, does a car have a black box? You know, like, so an airplane has a black box and you can tell uh, a lot of the recording, etc. So if the plane goes down, then they find the black box and it has recorded various different things. And he says, uh, in other words, if you exceed the speed limit, can the insurance repudiate that? Um. Well, you don't have a black box, but, but you have a tracker. So, um, again, it depends on how, uh, you know, your insurance company. But if you have a tracker on the car, let's say you have a higher car. Those higher cars, if you go past a certain speed, they send you a message to say, hey, pal, you're going too fast in our car. So uh, um, a, a, a tracker, although you've paid for the tracker, is recording or knows what speed the car is traveling at. But the answer is no. There are no cars currently don't have any black box that's recording um, any information. However, there is um, accelerometers in the car. So a lot of new cars now have built-in SIM cards. Yeah. Um, and what happens is if the car is in an accident and the airbags trigger, it makes an automatic phone call to a call center that then phone you back and send an ambulance. So if you're buying a lot of the new cars, look in the roof model. So if you buy a, a new car, look at where the sunroof uh, controls are. If you see something like SOS or an SOS button, that car has a built-in SIM and if there's an accident, that car's going to make an automatic phone call. So it's not recording information, but the cars already know where you're going, and if there's an accident, help will be sent your way, which I think is a great selling feature for for those car brands. Okay. All right. I get it. Um, Another question for you here. 
Good morning, good morning, Sir Michelle. Good morning, Braniko. It's Fred the truck driver. I just want to ask. I've got insurance on my 1997 C180 Mercedes-Benz. I love it, that car. I won't change it for anything. So, I've got insurance on it. And I service it myself. Because to take it to Mercedes-Benz, it will cost me an arm and a leg. So, will the insurance company refuse to pay me if there's any problem? Because I'm servicing it myself. Hmm. I, I can't see the, 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 the two different things. So... Um, uh, insurance company normally, if you have an accident, would say, "Okay, what's the value of the car?" and pay you out. Um, so you're driving your Mercedes C180. I agree, it's a lovely car. Somebody crashes into your car. Um, well, or let's say your insurance has to pay out for some other reason. They're not. They, they, I don't think they're necessarily going to look at the fact that you're servicing the car at home. Um, it's an accident, so the insurance company is there to pay out the accident, not how you've serviced the car yourself. So um, yeah, I can't see them not paying out. What I would also suggest, talking about insurance companies, is your car is losing value every, it's actually losing value as you speak, maybe very slowly, but every year your car loses value. So it is actually a good idea to phone the insurance company every year and say, okay, listen, we need to adjust this. Because let's say you... Yes, you, 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 I've never thought you, of that. Yeah, you buy your car, um, you bought your car in 2018, you're paying a certain amount. It's now 2022, your car is worth a lot less, but you're paying the same. So you should phone them and say, hang on, you know what, my... What is my car worth now? So we need to lower my premium because my car is worth less. You can't pay that same amount that you were paying in 2018. You know, I didn't even think about that. And actually, you are so right. We should all be going back to our insurance and checking to see what we, they're charging us. Monday, there's going to be lots of phone calls. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to insurance companies and say, you know what? It's, and I, I think, you know, I'm talking about now, I'm thinking, you know what? I should be exactly the same. I should also be phoning my insurance company to say, you know, uh, I, I need to readjust the value of my car because my car's value is going down. Because they just like carry on and carry on and carry on. Sometimes they increase it by like CPI yeah, and all of that kind of every stuff. Year, every year there's an increase, but there's not a, every year, okay, well, we're in, in, increasing your premium. And we're increasing it again every year, but there's no readjustment for the fact that the car's worthless. Yes, like this sounds like an Eskom story for sure. <laughs> you see, that's why I had coffee. If I didn't have coffee, I wouldn't have thought of this. Yeah. So definitely that's the coffee, um, I think, speaking. Okay, we've got a quick comment for you. Oh, no. Yes, no. No, no one seems to know really. The whole in the, with the entire studio is just, okay, we have it. <laughs> just a quick question. If you have an accident, um, with an unlicensed driver, firstly the driver is unlicensed and the vehicle's license has expired, do they have any recourse in terms of um, claiming against you for damage on their vehicle? Um, thank you. I'm assuming oh, yes. that the question there yes. is like, for example, if I am responsible um, for an accident with someone who doesn't have a driver's license or a... Or yeah, a I mean, definitely, if there's an accident and you have a, don't have a license, um, you, there's going to be a problem there. Oh, for sure. But and what, if the car isn't licensed, that's also a problem. But, yeah, so both of those are big problems. You can't just have anybody driving a car without a driver's license. No, 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 um, but take a step back. Okay, so we know mm -hmm. that. I mean, I had that with a taxi driver once. No, yes. dri no driver's license and no, um, whatchamacallit, no um, license yeah. on the car. Yeah. Uh, but that was a long story. But the question is, and we've got about 50 seconds... If, yes. if I am responsible for the accident, but the person I have the accident with doesn't have a driver's license or a, uh, do you know what I mean? 
Yeah, I know. I understand what you mean, but I don't know. You know, that's something that a lawyer will then. I'm, I'm sure this will this will go down to the lawyers. But if I use logic, um, I think um, they're going to look at that, and that's going to be, you know, that's going to be the it, driving. That's force. going to be that's going to be the driving force. The fact that that you know, even if it's my fault, the driving force would be hang on, but that person doesn't have a license. Yeah. That's something a lawyer has to stay out. But my logic says. The problem will be the fact that that, car's not, that person isn't licensed. The person doesn't, doesn't have, have a driving license. license and the license disc doesn't work. Nico, oh, that's a, yes. go good with the coffee. We'll chat this week. <laughs> okay, yes. Have a lovely one. Chat later. Bye. Bye. Nine o'clock. Time for the news. <laughs>